Welcome to Get Unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Over the next hour, you will be given valuable tips and tools you can use to overcome what keeps you stuck. Now, here is Jason. Welcome to Get Unstuck, Move Forward With Your Life. I'm your host, Jason Hopkins. Thank you for joining us today. Get Unstuck Radio is inspired by my own journey of navigating this thing called life. More than a decade ago, I faced my own dark night of the soul, a painful chapter that robbed me of my mind, my money, and my way. After a series of catastrophic setbacks upended a lifetime of work, I was left with two choices, to end it all or to begin again. Fortunately, with a mustard seed of faith, I chose to walk forward with a new commitment to serve others. Over the last decade, I have faithfully worked to evolve the narrative of how the world sees mental health. By recognizing that everyone struggles, sometimes we all need new insight and a different perspective to see life more clearly. Not only is this show the birthplace of my own efforts to overcome life's challenges, but a safe space to meet other champions who, even after setbacks, still bravely show up and serve others. Get Unstuck Radio highlights the phenomenal people who have joined me along the way. It is a place to share their stories, which hopefully will spark inspiration in your own life. Together, we celebrate our individual capacity to move forward and to get the lives we truly desire. Each week, a distinguished guest will share their own unique perspective about what it takes to move beyond stuck and achieve their truest potential. Regardless of where you are, I'm hopeful you will discover the inspiration and courage to make an impact in your own life. Let's get started. Today, my friend and colleague, Martha Johnson, is joining us. Martha is a licensed professional counselor with nine years of clinical experience. She holds a BFA in theater performance with a minor in psychology and her postgraduate master's of arts in counseling. She has worked with adolescents in detention centers, as well as managed a psychiatric outpatient program and created an adolescent center. Currently, she is in private practice and focuses on clinical specialties, which include EMDR, somatic, sensory motor therapies, polyvagal therapy, and Jungian spiritual work. Martha serves a wide range of clients from a varied from the worried to highly acute population, she also provides individual supervision and consultation for those seeking to take their trauma healing skills to more progressive and intensive levels. Her performance background significantly contributes to her current clinical practice, allowing the utilization of movement, dance, voice, sound, and spiritual practices to collide together for an impassioned client experience. While that was a mouthful, and I love all of it, I'm I'm dying to know. Martha, welcome. I'm so glad to have you here today on Get Unstuck Radio. Thank you, Jason. I'm so delighted to be here, truly. Well, well, it is a pleasure. So um, I remember us meeting, gosh, I mean, it's probably been five years ago now. And I remember at the time you were speaking to a group and I was so fascinated by the work at the time that you were doing with adolescents. But I remember thinking what really struck me as the most interesting quality was you have this theater background that then you transitioned into this clinical world. Like, give me some background and highlight about how that happened. Absolutely. And yes, it was about five years ago. So yeah. what, a, what a beautiful rekindling of our spirits. Absolutely. Yeah, so... Um, <clears throat> I was, I went to a performing arts high school, kind of imagine fame type of a thing. Okay. I was that, right? Like that theater kid. Um, (laughs) Went into college um, for theater performance. Um, Try to make it kind of brief here. Um, 
I went in and was was very, very well received. So I I believe I was like the highest ranking in my program at the time as a okay. freshman in school. Um, and a lot of what I received in that first kind of like six months or, or eight months of my freshman year was a lot of praise, but it was it was it was a godlike praise, right? It was putting me on a pedestal. Okay. And a lot of that praise um, was coming from my professors. I mean, I would receive responses like, you don't need to come to class this week. You're so far ahead. Not something to complain about, right? Like, how amazing, <laughs> especially right to an 18-year-old ego, like, come on, give me more. But it was too much, right? It was too much for the system. So immediately, right, like my system went into how the heck do I keep this up? Like, I I was not the trophy winner growing up. I was not the the medal winner. I was not the A student. I wasn't any of that. So um, building up all of that expectation met with a separate personal trauma that landed me in an inpatient stay. Okay. Um, in the, I think it was like the first winter break of my freshman year. I remember I was meeting up with a friend for coffee during that time. And I just said to him, you know what? This isn't going to last like this kind of good, like I'm performing so well. I cannot tell you why, but I literally feel something in here. I didn't really understand what my mind body system was, but I said, right. I can just tell you it's not going to last. And you know, he brushed it off. Like it, it sounded crazy. <laughs> I get back that, that very next, I get out of my inpatient stay. I go literally a week back and all of a sudden my throat is on fire. I mean, it is, it is itching nonstop. And this isn't super glamorous, but it's messy and it's true. A surplus of phlegm and mucus started okay. being <laughs> Yep, yep. So not sexy, not right, but but real. Right. And um, this accumulation between the two just, I mean, it snowballed. And so I found myself getting up for a monologue or a scene, and I was coughing. I was drinking water all the time. I was a mess, and I just became robotic. Um, I ended up temporarily being asked to leave the, the fine arts department. Probably by the same people who had been praising you previously. The ex- yeah, the exact same people. You know, I heard things like she must have been a fluke, rumors, secrets, right? All these things. And um, that only added to this weird, nasty, gunky thing that seemed to be happening in my ear, nose, and throat system. Yeah. So I graduate. And I say, you know what? What the hell was that? Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't get it. I've spent, you shared a bit of this in your own story, um, like tens of thousands of dollars, right? Surgeries, procedures, oils, so the whole kit and caboodle, right? And nothing worked. Um, and then I learned about somatic therapy. Okay. And how there really is no limit to what the body can do when it's in dysregulation, right? Whether it's mucus, whether it's itching, whether it's um, allergies, whether, and so 
that was the first time that I felt like, oh, I'm not this psychosomatic crazy person. There's a limited understanding here. But what happened in my system was a very real process that truly believed it was protecting me to the best of its abilities. And in all fairness, it probably was. I mean, because by your own admission, you knew something was not right. Mm -hmm. And you knew that it was going to end. I mean, I'm I'm not about, you know, self-fulfilling prophecies, but it feels like everything universally aligned for that not to be your path. Yeah. No, I I absolutely agree with you. There was this very cosmic um, feeling that time when I was 18 years old. And you're absolutely right. It was self-protective, you know, having anyone, but especially an adolescent whose brain isn't fully formed, being held up to such a high place, a system's not supposed to take that in, right? That's not that's not adaptive. That's not healthy. Right. You know, and I think it's so interesting that that informed you to go on and do the work to then serve adolescents. I know that's kind of where you cut your teeth in this. But what I love about it is um, you had such personal experience that really made you serving others so relevant. You know, you you understood firsthand, it sounds like, if I'm going to ask you to do something, not only do I know the place you're coming from, but I yeah. also have the knowledge and the education to know how getting some more awareness around this topic, so to speak, can make a difference in the outcomes for you. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that it can be gross sometimes in its presentation and manifestation. Right. Um, that, you know, Many of my clients are so used to hearing from friends or family members or colleagues the um, you're making this worse on yourself, right? That this is all in your head. You do have more power or control over this. And there's a truth to that, you know, when you really get into the nitty gritty of physiology and and how our mind body systems work and also psychosomatic, it's just somatic. It's not this you're so crazy. You've gone on such a thought spiral, right? That now your body's creating this stuff. That's no, the threat feels so is interpreted as, as feeling or being so real in your system that yeah, it is creating the best armor that it knows how to create. Well, and I think given the world that we live in, that is constantly speeding up, that is constantly bombarding us with information, good and bad and everything in between, you know, I think that there is this, you know, societal response to a lot of us feel under attack. And and in theory, we may be, you know, it, it's entirely possible that we are. And, you know, some of the things that we perceive as negative in our life, if I hear you right, actually just may be your body's way of protecting you from something that could be far worse. Absolutely. I I love that you brought that up, right? I mean, we are, if not even just from the capitalistic perspective of being under attack, right? There may be other cosmic forces that are, are true and out there, depending upon your beliefs, but... Um, we are in this world of progress for progress's sake, which is so, so damaging, right? And so, yeah, when it comes to these illnesses that, and I'm just going to say physiological, because I, I don't, your mental health struggles may not predominantly be manifesting somatically, but they're still, they still work together, right? So I just like to use that general term. Um, 
as we know, it's not it's not a quick fix. It's not an overnight thing. And that is so that's so against the world that we live in. Well, I think it really pulls a thread through about the mind body connection. And so often, you know, when we look at the traditional healthcare system, I mean, the mind is overlooked unless you've got a brain tumor or something going on with the wiring in your brain, so to speak, about, you know, motor function skills or whatever. Yeah. But the reality is, is, you know, we all have a brain and our brain is controlling everything that happens in our body. And one of those things happens to be our emotions. And I think there are places that we get stuck in our lives that, um, you know, really through exploration, we can get unstuck. I mean, would you agree? You absolutely can get unstuck. I mean, now the level of unstuck, right, or, or unblended or unlinked from, um, it's going to depend upon so many factors, right? Genetics, epigenetics, I include spirit or soul, um, of course, environment. And it is all energy, right? I, right? I believe it all. Yeah, funnels down to energy. And so, um, yes, energy can get frozen. Energy can also pendulate back into movement and, and thus be unstuck. Well, and let's also add to that your willingness and appetite to mm-hmm. get unstuck, you know? Um, yes. And your safety factors, totally, all those things. And I'm guessing that's where you meet a lot of people of something's happened in their lives mm-hmm. and and it's not necessarily working for them anymore. And part of what your role is in as a clinician is to guide them into maybe having, having some different awareness, different skills, different coping mechanisms um, to, to navigate what they're going through. Absolutely. Yeah. I would say the majority of the clients who come to me... Um, have worked with a therapist before. They have a, a therapy history. And they usually say, you know, I've done some awesome talk therapy. Um, or maybe not, you know, maybe they had a poor experience, which is unfortunate. But more often than not, I hear, you know, Martha, I've gained some awesome insights, but it stayed at the insights, right? Like that was the etch. And it never went beyond that. So I'd like to take the insights and I'd like to get my body to know that these insights are there. And so that, that's where I love to, to pick up people. That, that is where I love to kind of dig my claws. Doesn't feel that safe, but. You don't want uh, the newbies, so to speak. You yeah, want people who have yeah. cut their teeth a little bit. I mean, newbies, right? Everyone is welcome. And, you know, being honest about kind of the, the self-preservation, the, the wanting to honor self part as healing workers you know, there is a, I get to honor myself, my own parts, my wounded parts through doing work that meets and acknowledges those wounds more specifically. I, I think that's fair to say. Um, not well, like you know, I'm trying so to heal myself, us, but yeah. So many of yeah. us come to this work from our own experience and recognizing that, you know, there there is there is a I feel an obligation to pay it forward, so to speak. Um, and it sounds like much of what you're doing is shaped by your own experience of doing the work. Yep, absolutely. And and of course in my own therapy. Right? Continuing that. You know, I just wonder though, had you not gone through what you went through in college, would you have likely ended up on this path? You know, I I appreciate that question a lot. And something I've reflected on probably a bit too much and I can get stuck in self, um, 
or some perseveration there. Um, of course, I don't know the answer, but, and, and I'm grateful, right? I'm now in a place of gratitude for this path. And um, I've been able to identify that there are some epigenetic pieces, right? Like some um, keys on the piano that were always there, but they were not plucked until that college experience. Okay. So in a way, I think, you know, it could have just been a matter of time, whether it was college or later on. Um, and, and this is where kind of the, the more soul-based spiritual part of, of my belief system comes in. I think that there was something very divine in it being that exact path. For me. I love that. You know, I, I, I often find myself telling people in my coaching business, you know, what is meant for you will not pass you by. Um, and, and, and the reality is, you know, even as painful as my own journey was to come to this unique place that I find myself today, it is because of that journey and those experiences that I am here to do the work that I do today. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I may have said this on this show before, but, you know, it was a reflection. It's probably really only been about a year ago that I had this awareness of I spent so much time and energy in conflict with that story that broke me. Mm-hmm. And there was this new awareness of how can you invest so much energy in hating something that made you who you are? Yes. And I think that a lot of us get stuck in those stories. And I know we were talking, we're recording this today. It's a new moon. And we were talking about the the energies that can go into that, if that's Mm. that's your thing. But to me, it really feels like this intentioned, you know, opportunity to really clear um, out things that no longer serve us. And I think a lot of us get stuck in the this no longer serves me and I don't yet know what's going to replace it. And I think there is a legitimate fear around the unknown of what comes next, even though that everything maybe that was bad and good and in between uh, that, that precedes you was all meant to bring you to this unique place to be able to even question that in the first place. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I love all of that. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of limbo place, right. Of like, I need to stop over identifying with this story or like you're saying, like hating this part of my story or hating this part of myself or the self-loathing that could be wrapped up in that. Um, However you get there. Right. I mean, I think, yeah, sometimes your back is just pushed up against the wall so much that you got to bite back. Um, But yeah, the, the, what do I do with it then? And, you know, I was actually speaking with my own therapist about this recently especially in the society we live in, there is that push to then, right, then go make the product, then go make the the eat, pray, love novel, then go make the TED Talk immediately, which is not bad. I mean, that, but it, those are usually like final right? acts. Those are not yeah. all the chapters in between usually. Yes. And the chapters in between is where I find um, the integrating work can happen, um, the embodied work can happen, the, the, the robustness of it gets to form in the in-between. Um, but it's tricky and it's, it's super, super frustrating. Well, and it's not linear and it's different for everybody. Let's take a quick break. I want to come back yeah. on this because I really love where we're going with this. Um, give us two minutes and we'll be right back. 
Enjoying our shows and can't get enough of us? Follow us on Instagram at Voice America Talk Radio and see what we're cooking up for you. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you really want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune into Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions. Some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. Do you often find yourself at odds with coworkers, friends, or family? Do you have a short fuse and easily end up in arguments? Frustrated with your inability to have a healthy dialogue with anyone? Maybe it's time for a shift in your communication style. Maybe it's time to stop telling and start listening. And join this podcast where you'll discover how to elevate your conversation and navigate the tensions in those difficult relationships. Stop telling and start listening with David Cook. Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Welcome back to the show. If you have a question for Jason or his guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now back to the show with Jason. Welcome back to Get Unstuck Radio. I'm your host, Jason Hopkins, and today I have my amazing friend and colleague, Martha Johnson, here today. Martha is a clinician, and we were talking just before the break, um, obviously about her own journey of becoming a clinician, but really landing on these places, you know, those prickly places in life where we can get stuck that kind of become, you know, the self-validating stories in our heads that keep us in places that perhaps don't serve us anymore, and maybe we don't have something different to replace it. You know, Martha, I'm curious as I'm thinking about this concept of of getting stuck, you know, and, and I can reflect on my own journey of stuckness and knowing that it took me the better part of a decade to really move through a lot of the painful points I went to. What do you think precipitates many people taking action to help themselves? Yeah, well, I and Maybe I'll broaden that to if we're not even talking about these these more somatic presenting things, maybe a bit more general, it seems like you're asking. Yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. There's so, so many factors. Right. Um, and those factors are changing. I mean, especially in the world we live in now where therapy is more expensive, it is much more difficult to get a therapist. Also, right. Therapy is not the only modality. Right. Um I want to try to funnel it down to something more specific since, again, this is so broad. The fact that you have to feel again, Mm. you know, so again, obviously resources, accessibility, um, financial resources, interpersonal resources, environmental, cultural. Again, I'm just saying we're considering that and putting that on the shelf for the moment, but the fact that you have to feel, and like like we're talking about here, right? The feeling is the neck down. So the nausea, the, the fire, 
right? The, the, the lack of desire. The lack of. A, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to do this. Yeah, and then there's there's just yeah. The I I don't want to do this. I don't want to feel this. The, um, the fear of failure is huge, right? Whatever ideas or ideations of failure they've been indoctrinated into, um, and that I'm not deserving. Right, unworthiness. Unworthiness. I also think there's that nasty P word that seems to come up a lot: perfectionism. <laughs> You know, I mean, I think people approach their healing with this belief that they have to do it perfectly. And the fact of the matter is, is hey, nothing's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, but there, it's the messiness. It, you know, it, it's curious to me that, you know, I've worked with many clients over the years and it's always the, the, the big things that are the knowns that they think are going to be the worst for them or they're going to be insurmountable and they focus so much effort and energy in it. And it occurs to me that after having done this work for the better part of a decade, um, it is not usually that that kicks our ass. It's the yeah. stuff that wakes you up in the middle of the night that you didn't. <laughs> that little insidious slide. Oh, I didn't. I didn't remember that. That's that's unlocked this, and now yeah. here we are. Right. Crap. Right. That must mean that this this thing will happen again. You're so right, and this brings up something I've been talking to a lot of people about recently, um, in lieu of that perfectionism. We are in a beautiful time where we have, we have all the techniques, right? And the theories, we have the IFS and we have the EMDR and we have AEDP and we have brain spotting, so on and so forth. But what I am finding now, maybe you find this in your coaching business as well, is I have so many clients coming in saying, we have, like, we have to do the IFS, for example. Okay. And, and for those listening that don't know what that is, tell us what IFS stands for. Absolutely. Internal family systems. Um, it is a theory and technique created by Richard Schwartz. Um, it's actually not family therapy. It's more of the organizing of that, that family of loud, chaotic, annoying people that just live inside your system. The places we come from. <laughs> the places we come from. Um, but what I'll notice is they'll be like, Martha, we didn't... Um, They'll use that exact terminology of we didn't do that thing today. We didn't do the IFS today. We get, didn't get to that part that I heard Richard Schwartz talk about, right? Okay. There's this kind of culture of perfecting these or being perfect, perfectly showing up, perfectly healing from these trauma modalities. Um that I am working so hard to redefine and unblend people from. So if that makes sense, it's so counterintuitive. Well, it makes perfect sense. And I think the reason it ties so beautifully where we are societally is we look at most of us are living our lives compared to a highlight reel of others whose lives look perfect. And I think that has only driven this need to show up in a way that, you know, looks completely buttoned up and presentable. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I think life happens in all those messy moments in between, really. Like yeah. the things that look perfect are not, even though they may appear to be. Um, yeah. But it's that reality of um, we are in a culture of expectation around things have to look a certain way. And I just... It's a really high standard that I think messes with people's heads. There's um, 
And Kim and Defo, who is one of my favorite healers, um, speakers, um, social workers, so all of it, right? Goddess woman. Okay. Um, she speaks to this term of psychology porn. <laughs> I think is relevant here, right? Yeah, this buttoned up, here's my healing Instagram reel, especially in the the healing world. I'm speaking specifically to as well of like, I'm going to get to that place where I'm just laying in a field of daisies because I have a perfect breathwork session or the, and I say to my clients, I mean, they see, I still, I have my water. I have my little tissue. Because I still have a bit of trauma gunk that is there. Okay. It's far and away from where it was when I was an 18-year-old girl. Right. And it is still there. And I like, you know, exposing that to clients of like, this is a little, it doesn't mean I'm traumatized in this moment with you as my therapist, right? Probably won't show up for the session if I'm in a trauma response. Right. And this is a little bit of my messy. I can't, I can't deny it. I mean, it's, it's literally here. I have to do it. Um, and that's so grounding for even just me, right? Like this is me in my healing guys still going (laughs) 12 or however many years later. Well, and it seems like it's the integration in the present. And, you know, the interesting thing about, about therapeutic work or, you know, counseling or coaching or any, whatever modality you choose, so much of it often gets rooted in dealing with past. And, you know, we're being fed this, you've got to be present and you shouldn't be focused on your past and be focused on your future. Like, how do you balance that as a clinician who, you know, Mm -hmm. also happens to subscribe to, you know, many of these healing modalities? How do you balance that, you know, wading into the past to to build a healthier future while being really rooted in, in, in the present moment? Fantastic question. Yeah. So what's like, what serves your system in this moment? Cause you're right. Yeah. We don't want to dwell. We don't want to get, you know, stuck in the, in the sewer of the past. Right. And we have these inner child parts, right. And for those who, who aren't familiar with that language, right. That just means there are hurt parts of you that come from painful moments in your life where you were not able to to cope enough for them to be integrated, right? So if we didn't have stuck parts, no big deal. We could just, you know, we could expect it'd be appropriate to um, expect presence all the time. Right. So, you know, it really is, it goes back for me of that, that Peter Levine, the somatic forefather, that pendulation and learning the body so, so well, learning your body so, so well to know when does my system need the stretching experience to pendulate into the past and acknowledge him, her, or them, whatever parts are inside of you that are saying like, hey, still really in pain. Like we got beat up back then and still no one has acknowledged it. Right. And then knowing when that in particular system client, yourself, whatever, is saying, I'm now starting to go into trauma response, and then we pendulate back into presencing. Okay. However that may, you know, however that therapist, um, whatever skills they use for presencing. Right, right, right. I love that. And I also think that it really 
you know, it highlights for me that that I think many people forget that, you know, um, these unhealed or wounded older versions of yourself that if you haven't done the work, they don't necessarily go away. And a lot of times the things that are coming up for you in your present life are things that, you know, existed from way back in your childhood or in your history that just really never got healed. Absolutely. I mean, there's, I think there's multiple parts to that, you know, going back to um, your point of when you go to therapy, um, you think that certain big things or maybe it's the big T traumas that'll show up, but it's this other stuff um, that shows up instead. Um, yeah, there, there's just this belief of like, well, it, it if it still doesn't bother me, what's the point? Um, if I don't see it actually showing up in my present life, what's the point? But to your point, it does stay stuck. Not only does it stay stuck, it will grow. And potentially manifest in things that you don't want, you know, whether it's, it's sinus drainage or cancer or, you know, anything. anything. And I think that that's, that goes back to, we don't have a system that was designed to really talk about this mind body connection Mm -hmm. in the way that it actually does show up and affect us. And I mean, there is absolutely, um, you know, a, a correlation between, you know, trauma and then how it affects us, not only mentally, but also physically. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it tends to be, or so I, I have found thus far, those responses, those or inner child parts, wounded parts, exiled parts, whatever you want to call them, that have stayed so unacknowledged. At a certain point when there's such chronic lack of recognizing that's where the body likes to go like let's get somatic here let's get medical here (laughs) like it's really trying to shout out to you well and right and i can't speak for anybody else but for me how it shows up is this feeling of detachment from my body to where Mm -hmm. i can physically you know, or, or emotionally kind of go through my day and wrap things around. But then I think about like, I, sometimes I feel like a brain that's, that's walking this body and, yeah. and structurally that probably is exactly what's happening. Cause your brain's telling your body to make all these movements, but yeah. just, I really being able to listen to that and realize I am not fully in sync because these don't feel like connected pieces I think is a matter of where we all have an opportunity or perhaps our body's invitations to tune in and say, how can I better serve you better? I mean, we're, we're all moving forward kind of with the same tools, you know, obviously some with, with different limitations, but um, there seems to be a pretty significant disconnect for a lot of people between this brain body connection. Yeah. I mean, it, well, and, you know, to speak to what you're first mentioning of, you know, whether that is some dissociation for you or, you know, there's many forms of, of dissociative responses, right? right. Um, and I love the way you put it, noticing that this is physiologically what's happening, because that helps to say, this is my state, not my story. My state is my head is disconnected. It's in the clouds. My body, I can see walking on the pavement, but the head's somewhere else, right? Um, so that is such a great opportunity. And to to your other point of 
even still with the Peter Levines, with the IFS, with the, we've, you know, people talking about acupuncture and Reiki and all these different things, we're all still walking around so disconnected. And, um, you know, I, I can understand the very real fear-based reasons for wanting to keep seeing things in a, in a disconnected way. Um, there's, I think more accountability, more responsibility, more energy that is requested when you see it as a, um, a back and forth bi-directional system. That makes sense. Yeah. You know, I look at it in different words. What I often hear in my head is the only way out is through. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, and I think, I think it's like anything in life when, you know, when systems work in sync, body, brain connection included, things go more smoothly. Yeah. But yeah. it is fascinating to me how our, I'm going to call them self-preservation mechanisms can, can stop us from syncing these systems in the most effective, productive manner. Absolutely. Well, yeah, it is right. That energy saying we really, really, really believe we need to go to protecting the kidneys right now, or we really, really need to go to, um, you know, pumping the blood, raising the blood pressure to the fingers and the arms right now. Um, we need to send energy to create a migraine right now. Um, and how much, yeah, that energy shift then, right. As it is adaptive and as it is protective, um, it still it still leads to a level of disconnection. Yeah, of course. it still leads to yeah this dissociation or derealization or um, again, however however that may manifest. Well, and don't you believe that normally? I mean, change is an interesting um, an interesting concept, and I mean, I often think change is one of those things that is um, built from. I'm in too much pain to sustain doing what I'm, what I've been doing. Yeah. Yep. You know, I don't think change is something people, most, most people just don't wake up and say, oh my gosh, I hate that. I'm going to change that. And I'm going to do better from this point forward. Yeah. I don't mean to oversimplify that, but I mean. No, I follow you. Yeah. What do you find though, for the person who's listening, that's, you know, not interested in therapy that has perhaps had a bad experience with therapy what do you find, um, how do they get started on the path? If they recognize that something's not going well and they want to maybe make some improvements, where's the place that somebody can begin? Yeah, well, I think if, if, it, if they did find somehow in some way their way to therapy, I'll just start with that first. Again, noting that there's many other ways. Um, I would like to think that with that knowledge, you know, that clinician would spend as much time as needed creating, call it a felt sense of safety or just a felt sense of um, something new, right? Like, yeah, when you're in that much of like, I am so encumbered by the same old misery and suffering. And yeah, I'm not ready for change. Or I don't believe change is going to happen. Dip them into a felt sense of change. And that might sound like a, a godlike task, but we, 
we do have mechanisms and we do have techniques now that can help with that. Right. Right. I mean, that that could be you are going to go lay in the grass with me. The sun's at the perfect angle. Can you get a microsecond of that? That was a shift. Can you feel something neutral even? So and, and looking at it differently, it also feels a little bit of like being in the space of saying I'm sick of my own stuff. Yeah. Like I'm sick yeah. of being in this spot. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want I want to wrap this up and then I want to move into all the amazing things that you've got going on. Um, so let's take a quick two minute break. A little birdie told me Voice America is on Twitter. Follow us at Voice America TRN. When there is a war on talent, you have to go to combat. What is career combat? It's a show that airs at 7 a.m. Pacific time on Fridays on the Voice America Empowerment Channel that acts as your destination for real career talk and real career advice. Hear from the best and brightest in the biz as your host, Kelly Combat, gives you the answers you need. Career Combat, Fridays at 7 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Our thoughts and feelings not only affect our own lives, but the lives of everyone around us. Find new meanings of love, authentic expressions, and better connections with the people in your life. Tune in to Love Light with Dr. Jean Marie Farish. This program will feature guests and discuss ideas that will bring a better life to you. When you find this perspective on love, it will change everything. Listen live every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. Welcome back to the show. If you have a question for Jason or his guests, join us on the show at 888-346-9141. That's 888-346-9141. Now, back to the show with Jason. Welcome back to Get Unstuck Radio. I'm your host, Jason Hopkins. Um, today, I've got my incredible friend, Martha uh, Johnson, who is a clinician. And we're talking about all things related to getting unstuck, moving forward with your life, which is what the, the topic of the radio show is about. But when we were on break, you and I were just talking mm-hmm. about this concept of stuckness. And when people come to you and talk about being stuck, you unpacking with them, how do you actually know that you're you're stuck? Mm-hmm. Delve into that with me a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, yes, hearing I'm stuck, that is a frequent thing that I hear, right? Um, so I like to meet people right there, right? Like, well, how do you know? I mean, right, I know Martha's version of stuck. I know what that felt like. I have an image for it. I have a sensation for it. I have um, negative core beliefs in my head that go with that. But like, what what is you as a unique individual, how, how are you making that up? Not making that up, right? But like, how, how are you creating that? How do you know you're stuck? And so I think that's where you can really delve in with clients to, okay, what is the physiological state? Okay, that's how you know you're stuck. Well, then we can do some work there, right? To say, let's notice this is just a physiological state. 
right? So like I may be stuck in mucus phlegm land, like that is a real, we're just going to keep going back to that because it's there. Um, And how much, like, what is the meaning I'm making on top of that, right? What is the additional narrative I'm creating on top of that? Because really, if you break it down, I I just have this, this, I'm not an MD, so I don't exactly know what's going on, but there's a level of cortisol and inflammation that my body is responding to creating this thing. Okay. So that, that process is stuck in that process right now, but yet really unpacking with people like, or even when you say you're stuck, Martha, I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. I stay here. I come back to this place every time. What does that then do in your body? That thing could be increasing white blood cell counts, cortisol counts, um, inflammation counts. That then actually is, right? Like then you're feeding the same beast. So just can we make that so simple and almost quantitative so that we just see it as these are this is just data on a page right and and what i choose to do with it there are many points of that that you have a choice in what to do and and i think in recognizing that in certain instances stuck can serve you well yeah you know i mean yeah. to me if if those are the places people are coming to you and that they feel stuck there also is a certain implication of I'm, I feel bad enough. I'm willing to explore this. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's all of it, right? It's like, okay, well you're stuck. There is a protective mechanism at work. Thank God. And right. You get to be frustrated with that part, right? You get to separate from that part and thank God a protective mechanism did come online because there would have been an alternative, whatever that alternative may have been. Yeah. And you also did come to me or you're also, maybe you didn't come to therapy, but maybe you're just telling someone and I'm so done with this protective mechanism too. Something in me knows that there's another mechanism that is more appropriate now in this time in my life. And I am equipped to bring out. Well, and maybe, maybe stuck is a mechanism or a catalyst to move forward. Yeah. You know, I, I think it can be a place where we can stay stuck for far longer than we should, but it also can be the thing that catapults us forward, you know, and, and I get that there can be a legitimate fear of facing the unknown or the things that we feel wounded by that we've never really addressed. But I can say from having done the work myself, and again, I am certainly, you know, always going to be a work in progress of recognizing that you know, the exploration of those painful things really has propelled me forward to do this work with more authenticity, more alignment to better meet people where they are. And that's why I go back to, you know, I I think we have a lot of preconceived notions around therapy and the process of, of, of therapeutic interventions to begin with. Yeah. It can be different for everybody and you can decide what works for you or what doesn't. There's an autonomy that I think is so not known about the therapeutic process. Absolutely. There's a versatility embedded in it. Um, There should be such freedom. And if anything, I think it's the therapist or the the, the healer, right? The workers um, 
human responsibility to always be seeking out ways to bring themselves into more freedom so that they can bring in that energy of more freedom so clients can discover for themselves, right? Um, so if somebody's listening and, you know, maybe they've never done therapy or they tried and it didn't work and they have an interest or, you know, an appetite to, you know, delve into that again, what do you think are important things for people to consider as they're considering finding a new therapist? I mean, I often feel like it's like dating. I mean, you, you should, your, your, your therapist is. Absolutely. You should feel so safe, right? You should feel so comfortable. Um, you should feel so, so understood, right? I mean, of course, there's certain things we're never going to fully understand because we're never going to be in somebody's system completely. Um, but that really, no one is here to attack you. You know, I hear from so, so many clients or clients who maybe are trying to get their partners into therapy and their response is, they're just going to tell me what I'm doing wrong or how broken I am. Right. No one is here to attack you. No one knows you better than you. Um, good and bad. <laughs> yeah, well, good, right, right. I mean, we're here to help you um, feel the truth that you are the best expert of yourself because you probably or you may not feel that way right now or you've never right. felt that way, but... Yeah, that this is a, I guess I can only speak from my own practice. I'm seeking to, to be safely adventurous with you. And really, I want you to feel empowered. I mean, I think if there's anything I want for just human beings in general, um, I want you to feel so so genuinely empowered. That's it. I don't love that. Yeah. It's not the, we have to get to that big T trauma. Um, there's no have to, however that path is, which I don't, I never have a preconceived idea. I mean, for me, it is a new, um, treatment plan every single session, every five minutes as I'm just following and tracking them. So really I want you to feel good. Yeah. Yeah. The work you're focused on is meeting people where they are, seeing them, and then above all else, being adaptive. Yeah. I want you, you know, th those moments that some of us have had in life, some of us haven't, but um, of maybe, you know, I, that felt, I felt so free. I felt um, so expansive. I felt so, I felt so like me. Um, helping you to access whatever version of that is true for you again. Right. If that has never been a felt thing um, because of your life experiences or your trauma, then we're like, we're going to, we're going to go exploring for you. Love that. I love that. So I know that you're, you know, you're constantly a student and continuing to sharpen your tools and your tool belt. Tell us a little more tactically about what are the things that you're doing currently that are, you know, facilitating you being the, the awesome therapist that you are as you continue to expand your tool belt and serve people, you know, maybe in different ways yeah. or similar ways. Sure. So um, I think, as I mentioned before, I, I, always stay in my own therapy. Right. And of course, like the amount of times I may go in a month is going to fluctuate as I am tracking and following my own system, being honest in my own therapy, 
um, that is a very big piece too, right? Not just the not just the checklist, not just the, I hear you, that's helpful, but really I don't mean it and I'm dying on the inside. Um, but being very honest when I show up with my therapist. Um, for personal and professional reasons, I mean, reading, just reading, reading, reading. I try to be very honest with Martha, how much have you been learning through virtual lens, right? Through trainings online. So great that we can access those things now. Absolutely. I think that there is also um, some parts of our physiology that don't need to be utilized when we're just following a screen that do that are challenged when we just read a book. So I try to really go back and forth with that because I can even tell a difference in my own body when I'm just watching a PowerPoint versus right, like going back and forth on a page. Um, nature and movement, right? Um, I mean, nature holds, it holds all the polarities that exist within us, right? It holds the cycles, it holds the up and down, the left and left, the right and the left, right? It holds the pendulum um, swinging motion that exists when we're in our healing process. So um, I, I joke with clients, but I'm, I'm very real about it. I will just find a body of water, any body of water that hopefully isn't polluted. Um, and even like if I'm in like full clothes, like I am right now, I will just sit. I just squat. Sometimes I do a full lay down and I get a ton of stairs. But that is, that's Martha. That's, I mean, I start to get in tune with the natural um, rhythm that, that maybe I felt in utero, right? If you didn't have a uterine trauma, right? That, that takes me back to, I do have all the tools and all the bits and pieces. They just were working at the wrong time and in the wrong way. Um, movement, right? Like, again, this is all energy, stuck energy, frozen energy, hyper aroused energy, confused energy. So you can't move energy without actual movement. Which is, is, is the opposite of being stuck. Yeah, exactly. Um, knowing how much movement. So if all I can do today is just this back and forth, because there is so much stuckness, there is so much right energy that, that is feeling overwhelming than just a very slow, right? So knowing my titration levels, of moving into movement, um, moving into anything really in the healing process. Um, what I'm hearing from you is yeah. really leaning in to being who you are, where you are. You yeah. know, asking asking your body, what do you need right now? You know, and and giving it that. I mean, our bodies are amazing tools that have a, a tremendous capacity to heal. But sometimes we get so, you know, distracted with all of the external and internal noise that that it kind of drowns out listening to what is it telling me I need right now? I mean, I often say, yeah. you know, some of the most powerful things we can do are take a walk around the block, get 50 on our head, drink a glass of water, get eight hours of sleep. I mean, all really simple things that we know, but really being able to pull back from that. Martha, I have loved our time together and this hour has passed so quickly. 
tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you if they have an interest in learning more about you and what you do. Absolutely. So um, my website is under some rebranding and reconstruction, but you are still free to check it out. So it is uh, www.marthajohnsonllc.com. Okay. Um, for the therapists out there or, or the clients or whomever, um, psychology today. So that's just a, a therapy directory. You can just type in Martha Johnson and find me there. Um, you can find me on Instagram. I believe that's just Martha Johnson LLC. Um, and I am opening up some individual supervision and consultation groups around somatic work, polyvagal theory, things like that. Well, you're busy. I love it. I love it. Um, And if you haven't done so, we'd love for you to subscribe to our Get Unstuck radio show pages. You can find us at Get Unstuck Radio on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Twitter. Um, Next week, we have another inspiring guest. I guarantee you will not want to miss the conversation. Martha, something I ask all of my guests before we wrap things up, can you tell me one thing that you're grateful for today? Oh, yeah. Okay. I went to a coffee shop this morning and there's always this little dog who comes in and he runs right over to me and I cradle him because I am all physical touch kind of a person. Okay. So that, that would be my thing. I love it. That's beautiful. And I'm grateful that you're here today and have shared this time and space with us Mm -hmm. until next time. Remember every journey begins with a next step and you too can be your own champion. Thank you for joining us today on get unstuck radio. I'm your host, Jason Hopkins. Thanks for listening to today's show. We hope we've helped you identify how you can overcome the mental block that's been keeping you stuck. Until we talk again, we wish you a great week.